The Sharks tease us just that little bit. Oh, so close to beating the Edmonton Oilers in the penultimate game of the season. We got one more left, ladies and gentlemen. One more to slog through. All that and more on this edition of Deal Town After Dark. Stay tuned. But first, if you want to be a part of the show and interact with us, check us out across all the social media platforms, that including the Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, of course, the YouTube chat, SoundCloud, Reddit, and all the shenanigans that go down in the Discord. Check that out and more at tealtownusa.com. I am joined joined by two lovely guests, Miss Dana May and Mr. PuckGuy14. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, or lady and gentlemen. (laughs) The Sharks lose it in overtime 5-4. And quick wide brush thoughts, Dana, uh, as we go into it. It is what it is. Uh, I'm still living in my fantasy where we got to see a Noah Gregor first period natural hat trick. It almost happened, guys. (laughs) Puck eye, looks like you want to hop in there. Yeah, good evening from uh, beautiful Seattle. Uh, uh, started out nice, uh, ended up rough. Uh, Edmonton is a better team, but uh, the Sharks hung in there and uh, just couldn't muster another overtime uh, victory. I-, I will say this, uh, Landy and Dana, remember when they were 6-0 and in overtime this year? That was a thing? <laughs> uh, yeah so it was four and oh the beginning of the year too but you know yeah yeah well i guess we have been sealed to our fate for the last you know three and a half weeks well let's face it more like two months so at, at this point you know like we've all said it before and we'll keep reiterating it there's only so many ways you can slice this turd <laughs> But uh, there are some really, really good signs and positives going forward that uh, I think are on uh, were on display in that first period. Noah Gregor with his seventh on the season, Alex Chemilevsky with the assist, two minutes and 42 seconds in, and when it rains, it pours. Noah Gregor, welcome to the show. Dana, what did you? What's your thoughts on on the floodgates opening up for uh, for? Poor old Gregor. I mean, it's great to see, you know, when we're kind of talking about wrapping up the season, talking about what were those those little bright spots. I think one of those has been, you know, seeing the consistent effort from Noah Gregor, always Noah Gregor with speed. You know, I can't look when I hear that. But now finally, that's a good thing um, if Noah Gregor is approaching the net. Um, so happy for him. And I mean, you know, it's, it's good, great for him to do that in front of apparently 50 to 30 friends and family. I don't know if y'all caught that, uh, intermission interview. Um, yeah, he said, they asked him, uh, how many of your friends and family are here? And he said, uh, he didn't know, but somewhere between 50 and 30. Um, so he's a very popular guy and I, I, that's like half the population of Alberta. So, um, well, isn't everybody related up there? Yeah. 
Sorry, oh. I just had to. I just had to have the Edmonton head Edmonton buff. Okay, I'm sorry. I just just had to do it. You guys are going to the playoffs. Okay, that's all we have. That's all I have. Puck um, <laughs> guy, what are your thoughts on uh, on Gregor kind of opening it up now? Do you think it's going to be a little? Yeah, you know, I mean it's it's a little too late, but um, going into the next season, I mean it's it's good to see some signs of life here at the end. Right. Uh, you, you hit it right on the head. It's nice to see that he, he's getting some chances and they're going in for him. Uh, it, the poor guy has been giving, you know, all he can, trying to do whatever he can, you know, outside of getting pugs on net. But now getting shots on goal and now getting the scoring touch, it's nice to see. It's something you can build confidence in as you head into the summer. And hopefully uh, when you come back in September for training camp, things could uh Things going to be on the up and up for Noah Gray, who who's going to be, you know, training camp for him next year is going to be a big one for him. Well, I mean, my, 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 he comes back 26 seconds later and scores his eighth. <laughs> and this one, three minutes and eight seconds in, Bortolo getting the assist there. And again, I think we could give both Chemilevsky and Bortolo shadow assists on both of those. Um, those three have been dynamite together. And it is just awesome to see the the young Bordalo coming in and and being the uh, the stir stick in that martini. Dana, what are, what are you seeing from Bordy that's really making him uh, kind of? I don't know. We've seen guys be flashing a pan, but it seems like he's a little different. Yeah, uh, with these guys coming out of college, they have a much more complete game. Um, I think that's really evident in Bordalo. He looks so confident out there. Like, I mean, no, I would be too after um, being the hero of a game despite still not technically having an NHL goal. Um, so I exciting stuff. Uh, clearly, they taught him well over in Michigan. Um, and like, well, no, all his team, like, seems like all his teammates are coming into the league now and they're all having lunch with each other every time they play each other. So clearly good stuff happening over there in Michigan, but, uh, that's nothing new. Um, another thought on Noah Gregor that occurred to me, I just remembered that he didn't make the team out of training camp, um, at the start of this year. So, uh, clearly he's going to be looking for that to change. Um, he's made a better case for himself of recent games. So that's going to be interesting. Bordy, I think he's, there's not a doubt. Uh, but guy, what's your thoughts on, on Bordalo and, and just how he's immediate impact on the roster? Uh, it goes to show you that, uh, DW jr. This one's a great find so far. I mean, yeah, we've only seen him for a handful of games, but Dana, you hit it on the head. The guy is exuding confidence. Uh, he, he definitely has, you know, offensive playmaking ability, um, you know, which we've seen from other well-known sharks. We're not going to name them because we're not putting them in that same spot. Uh, well, for Bordelow being in that same spot just yet. But I think, yeah, he he learned some greatness in Michigan, and you know what? He'll he'll probably have lunch with Matthew Beniers uh, tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. I mean, the the whole line just really looked dominant and and looked dominant in that in that first period, and it was evident on the shot clock at the end of the first period. The Sharks would be up seventeen shots to six on Edmonton. It looked like Edmonton 
walked into this one thinking, uh, you know, we're not playing for anything. And uh, it kind of caught them off guard. That's for sure. Because it took uh, until nine minutes and 17 seconds into that second period for Ryan McLeod to get his ninth on the season. Uh, Yamamoto and Bouchard with the assists, and it would come on the power play. And uh, Puck Guy, I mean, we've been seeing this PK starting to leak a little bit of oil. Do you think it's just a, a sign of fatigue? Do you think that the um, do you think that there needs to be more shuffle in that PK? Get more guys involved on the PK. It's always nice to to evenly distribute the the time on ice. Uh, also, I think at the same time is to have some sort of discipline. I mean, these guys have taken a lot of penalties this year versus, you know, you know, getting as many power plays. I mean, we, we've gone through it through, through the whole year. Uh, granted, that being said, they've played phenomenal. They're going to have a hiccup once here and there, but this is probably a rough spot. And yeah, probably fatigue has played a role into that too. Facebook. Uh, Dana, what's what's your thoughts on on the the, the PK and, and just how we've seen it start to leak a little bit of oil, no pun intended. And does that give you pause going into next season? Do you think it's a player personnel thing or do you think it's maybe again fatigue end of the season? Just, you know, kind of belly up. Yeah, I'm not overly concerned. Um, you know, every time the Sharks are on. The penalty kill, the announcers make sure to mention what the rank is in the league because it's the only good stat they can throw out there. Um, and, you know, we've bounced around in the, <laughs> the you know, top, uh, you know, fourth, third, second, whatever, yeah, numbers, those things. Um, and apparently, so it's like a few games ago we were third and apparently now we're second. Um, uh, so, you know, it's, I'm not concerned the Sharks penalty kill is a like our one you know thing we can always hold on to so um yeah i don't know i don't know what it's gonna you know depending on if benino's on the team next year um i i kind of wonder how losing him will affect it because you know cogs was a great guy for that and he left and you know but benino's been able to help um a lot he's a you know big Great penalty killer. Uh, yeah, yeah, staple yeah, on the definitely. Penalty. And oh, apparently, yeah. like goal scoring wizard lately. <laughs> yeah, we'll Seriously, get into his. He's been on a roll. Yeah, we'll get yeah. into his goal into that third period, but we'll finish it up here with Kyler Yamamoto, his twentieth goal in the season. Dry sidle and Hyman. This was just a bang bang go the other way kind of play. The uh, the Edmonton Oilers were tied up two two. That would come twelve fifty two into the second period, but the Sharks would come back within three minutes on the power play the second excuse me the first unit on there but uh, you had Scott Scott Reedy parking his butt right in front of the goaltender and really doing a great job uh, just you know wasting space so to speak Scott Reedy with his seventh on the season Burns and Couture with the assists there on the power play goal 1535 in that second period and Dana, I mean, we've seen Scott Reedy also come up and have a little bit of success and a little bit of uh, play on the roster. I mean, he, he started kind of stabilize that fourth line because it had been a rolling cast of characters in that center center pivot spot. But Scott Reedy looks like he's found a good home there. Yeah, um, you know, he wasn't one of the big names that 
Um, you know, we had our eyes peeled for this year, or at least not for me. I mean, I heard his name plenty. I, I can't claim to be like an OG um, Reedy stan, uh, but uh, he, he's been great. He's been picking up the pace. So just another uh, rookie we're, we have high hopes for right now. Puckeye, what's your thoughts on Reedy going into next season? And do you think he can evolve maybe and become a, a little bit of a fourth line scoring specialist? Yeah, and that's where you're going to need is fourth line scoring. Uh, it will always be nice, along with some agitation here and there. You don't necessarily have to try to drop the gloves or beat the crap out of somebody, but you know, a little scoring touch doesn't go, help to doesn't always uh, a bad thing on the fourth line. Uh, for Reedy, I think he's one of those ones where you got all these kids coming up, whether it's in junior or college or or what have you, that are going to give him a run for the money. I mean. There are some who could say that Reedy is just a guy, to quote an Ian Reed f- uh, phrase, or there's a guy or a guy that can do some do some damage, being defensively sounded, but also getting a nice scoring touch. And as we saw earlier uh, this month, I mean, can also be a nice baseball player too. Yeah, and Kevin Lacey chiming in. Thank you, Kevin. Sharks are actually using Reedy to his biggest strength that he showed on the Barracuda and in college. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll go through um, at the end there with um, with AJ's uh, transcripting because uh, we really appreciate it. Um, but I just want to get through into that third period. Derek Ryan would get his 10th goal on the season. He would tie it up again. Bear, Tyson Barry getting the assist that coming in at 937. But this was after the Sharks had held off the Edmonton power play. A double minor taken by, I believe it was... Malosh, yeah, Nick Malosh, uh, high-sticking double minor against Zach Cassian. Uh, unfortunately, I mean, they did a great job killing that off, and I don't know, would it be one of those, um, uh, wait a minute, sorry, I think I'm, I think I got something out of order here. Uh, the double minor came at thirteen ten. Excuse me. Um, Derek. The, okay, this was the tying goal. Okay, now it makes sense. Uh, <laughs> I just got it mixed up there because I saw Nick Benino's goal, and Nick Benino. Speaking of which, you guys had talked about uh, him really finding a scoring touch. His sixteenth on the season. Logan Couture and Nieto getting the assist there. That coming in at ten forty in the third period. Uh, the Sharks would go up four to three, and Puck, I, all of a sudden, is Nick Benino like a guy that we should have been looking for on Logan's wing this whole time? Because I'd kind of be interested to see what a Jonathan Dolan and a Nick Benino Logan Couture line would look like. You give uh, a speedy guy like Dolan who can also finish a little bit more than Matt Nieto, you know, the Long Beach native. We love him on his PK skills, but not known for his scoring prowess. Uh, for for uh, Nieto, I mean, it's it's great. It's a great problem to have that you've just gone on this big old scoring spurt. Um, it makes you wonder if Nieto's on the other side and it's just Cogliano being replaced by Couture. Is like, dang, Cogs, what were you doing? <laughs> um, but it's nice to see, no matter what, it's nice to see that Benito finally getting the the scoring touch that I think that a lot of a lot of uh, uh, 
us were expecting. I think we were expecting that 10 goal mark roughly. I, I know Jerk was mentioning, you know, if you can get it, get a goal or two, and maybe that was Cogliano, but I mean, to have that support from the third line is nice. But, you know, to have uh, Benito come in, you know, with his 16th, I mean, I know he's moving up on Jerk's Maju well, uh, big time to to have it. And, you know, next season, you've got a lot of, uh, I don't want to say a lot of problems to deal with, but you have a lot to, uh, you know, to figure out with your forward lines. I think a lot of them are good problems, you know, versus like, absolutely, you know, bad problems. But, you know, a lot of it's like choices between guys who are probably capable as opposed to like, who do we even put here? Personally, I like Bones on his own line just because I feel like, um, yeah, obviously Kutcher's been like a little bit starved for talent on his line. Um, whereas like, uh, Hurdle gets all the shiny toys. Um, but I just, since we have so many young players, I think it's good to have, you know, hopefully at least one kind of, you know, veteran or like experienced player per line, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think that you've got a veteran on each line and to kind of stabilize and to help, you know, on the back check and to kind of help defensively, you know, align where the players need to be. Uh, the Edmonton Oilers would continue to be his thorn in the side, though. Philip Roberg with his first goal uh, in the NHL against the San Jose Sharks. Just another one. Just another one. McDavid and Pugliarvi getting the assist there. And uh, Puck Guy, Dana, why does this continue to happen to us? I, I ask you collectively because I am just, I, I, I don't, I don't get it. Can you clarify what? Why does what happen to us? <laughs> Rookies get their first NHL goal against the San Jose Sharks. We'll get to my post-its later, but this one literally says, Back to Sharks' bread and butter, giving players their first NHL goal. How charitable with a heart. <laughs> yeah, it's it's one of those ones that's hashtag that's so Sharks. And unfortunately, uh, that just keeps... It just keeps happening. It, it, there's nothing to it, you know. I just don't At get least it. it wasn't like a fancy dipsy do dunkaroo, whoop-dee-doo dangles uh and and dana breaking at the post it's already i love it (laughs) (laughs) yeah for me i was uh i was a little more frustrated that mcdavid got a point because i was so excited to come on here and be like well at least we held mcdavid off the score sheet nope we did not did we hold kane off the score sheet Okay. Okay. Small mercies. I'll t- I'll take it. <laughs> um, we we can have some nice things, not all nice things. Uh, then Thank we you, Kevin. now we get to the epic penalty kill. Uh, that was uh, the the penalty kill just doing yeoman's work and and saving it to to overtime. Um, but it ultimately would be a wasted effort. Um, Zach Hyman going on the other way on a two on one. Not Ryan Nugent Hopkins to Zach Hyman buries it for his 27th of the season. Brett Kulak would also give get a uh, a gimme assist on that one as well, and that would end the night. Reimer deserved better. I think the Sharks probably deserved a little bit better, 
but unfortunately, uh, the bounces don't go your way, and uh, the crapshoot is three on three. So, Dana, what do you take away from from tonight's game? I mean, if out, if, if all at anything, um, or or do you just kind of look at the bright spot and say, "Hey, let's just get this thing over with." <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, you know, it, it was okay. Um, it was, I'm just kind of like meh. Uh, like I said, I was just annoyed they went to OT because I have to get up early tomorrow morning. Um, so. <laughs> So I was like, just start going to OT, but they they did. Um, but um, it was, I guess, overall fairly entertaining. Um, the Noah no, Kruger getting two goals back to back that that was fun. Um, a high point of the game, kind of went not downhill from there, but you know, not not uphill. Um, but guy, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I was gonna say you, you give him kudos. To Gregor getting two goals, you know, first multi-goal NHL game. You give him that. Reimer played played fairly well on this one. Uh, at the same time, it, you, you see Edmonton's resiliency about coming back, and we'll see how they fare against LA. That's one of the for sure uh, playoff matchups that we know. Uh, the other thing, I mean, when you blow the two. Two nothing lead and, and have Edmonton with the firepower that they have uh, come on strong and and not give up and they stay resilient. But you got to find a way to um, be smart and sound uh, with everything here. Uh, but these are the games where I think in like a year or two we hope instead of five four losses these are five four wins. Um, they, they just need to get that 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 little bit better. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's it's both a maturity and, and a talent thing. And, you know, hopefully we'll, we'll see what, what gets addressed in the offseason. And, and we'll touch on it a little bit after after we finish off the the uh, the shots on goal and the and the rest of the stats for this evening. So the shots on goal would end up being 44 31 in favor of the San Jose Sharks. The face offs would be 58 percent. Uh, in favor of the Sharks. The Sharks would go one for one on their power play. The Oilers would go one for four on theirs. Uh, 18 hits, 23 hits in favor of the Oilers. 16 giveaways, Sharks. 17 giveaways, Oilers. Uh, oh, excuse me. That's blocks. Giveaways would be 10-16 in favor of the Oilers. So, wow, it's even a bigger disparaging uh, stat there. And that kind of looks like a Todd McCullen-esque to- coach team, doesn't it? <laughs> Well, you have uh, one of his better assistants in Jay Woodcroft uh, taking taking over the helm. I mean, they were what the fifth in the Pacific yeah. uh, when when he was brought up from Bakersfield, now second, and and gave Calgary a little bit of a run uh, right away. I mean, kudos to Jay Woodcroft. I know it's short notice because he had what maybe two, three months to take over. And, you know, he's done a great job with a team that's, you know, while it's very offensively sound, it has its struggles. uh, And those can be quickly exposed uh, coming into the playoffs, especially against somebody by L.A. Yeah, and I think Bugner, you know, sums it up perfectly. They just had a couple of chances, but you have to play almost perfect against a team like that. And, um, again, we'll see where... 
the future of the team lies. But again, you look at these as as hopefully being building blocks in the right uh, right direction. Uh, let's get some comments from Gregor. I thought we played a sh played strong most of the game. A lot of ozone time, which we haven't had a lot of. It's frustrating to let them back in. Um, uh, okay, here we go. This one is the one that I wanted to pull up, but I couldn't really hear what Kane was saying, to be honest. Gregor on, uh, Gregor on Kane barking from the bench. I didn't even catch that. Did you guys catch anything from? Yeah. Oh, Dana, what'd you see? I, I didn't, I didn't hear what they said, but I caught it. Um, just chirping. I, yeah. I was surprised there wasn't more like feistiness in this game. Maybe they kind of got it out of their system, you know, with earlier games, but, um, I, I, I was surprised it, it wasn't, um, you know, more, um, I don't know, what's the word? Just, yeah, I'm, I'm surprised we didn't mix it up a little bit more. You're, yeah, I'm surprised there weren't more scuffles or, you know, chirping, that kind of thing. <laughs> um, yeah, Puckeye, what's your thoughts on the nastiness or lack thereof? Uh, Kane needs to shut up, first and foremost, because whenever he opens his mouth, he just spews garbage and, you know, doesn't want to, uh, you know, he, that's part of his game, though, is to chirp. But, you know, at the same time, huh, you know, okay. I, and, I, you know, I know he did he go after Merkley uh, during this game. That's where my spotty Internet was was bad as I was in the Space Needle. But, uh, you know, I was like, huh. You're going after the guy who took care of your kid. Okay, sure, go for it, King. What, whatever, whatever you need to try to make yourself look good. But uh, he's he's had a heck of a season for the Oilers. But you know, sometimes you just need to shut up. I mean, this is a nothing game. You already have, you know, the the second spot clinched. Uh, you know, just get through this healthy and then get ready for your playoffs you don't need to go after your old teammates but you do you yeah right exactly you do you well that would uh that'll end up this game tonight and uh i guess we'll go into a, a little bit into playoff preview uh and and getting those matchups finally set in i mean this is the first uh the first cast i've had that we can um enjoy vegas not being in the playoffs the revelry that is dana please tell me how excited you are for vegas not to be in the playoffs i love it i feed off of other teams misery at this time of year um i feel bad for jack eichel like it's funny to dunk on him um i, I don't think it's his fault <laughs> I, I do feel bad for him um, but I mean, yeah, it's just karma in like the most delicious way. Um, I, I think, uh, you know, it was fun to hear that, that some of the sharks were getting texts, um, from other players, uh, being like, oh, thank you for beating Vegas. Like, um, nice. you know, that, that makes me happy. Um, and then <laughs> what I wouldn't some... give to be a fly on the wall, you know, when they're, when they're having the off the record uh, conversations about that kind of thing yeah and then some unholy union of kings fans and and the king's twitter decided oh maybe we should team up with uh, you know or or uh, at least throw a bone to our to our brothers in the north uh kind of kind of interesting uh, another longtime rival but it seems like we've all 
embrace the hatred towards the Vegas Knights. Eric, what what is it about Vegas? It's it's the entitlement. It's the entitlement and what they got early on, especially in that first season, because they all expected, well, this is this is great. You know, first season, we can make the Stanley Cup final. We can look this good and get everything handed to us. You know, it's like it's it's that kind of that silver spoon mentality. It's like, oh, we got everything handed to you, you know, when everything uh, and they can moan and groan about, you know, what happened in 2019. I know there's somebody that keeps using the hashtag not a major and you know what? Not a three one lead that was blown. Um, not a, not a a game six overtime shorthanded goal that was blown, but that's the thing though, Landy, and sorry to cut you off, but the thing is, is that they think this was so easy, you know, uh, sorry, it's not things happen. Injuries happen. You, You get unfortunate bounces and then you treat your players like crap. You know, uh, you, you have to wonder how much of an impact that move to, get rid of flurry had on this team you know not just with the fan base because the fan base is still pissed about it but you wonder what it is in the locker room yeah yeah i i think you're you're totally right there and you've got you got a a bunch of valid points and i think again we're all kind of laughing over the corpse that is the vegas golden knights um and i think that there's some some valid reasons uh for sure for sure but uh just quickly going over the matchups as they are now course we do have one more game left uh all the teams in the western conference still have one game left uh, some have two but uh dallas uh, is currently set to play colorado uh, or yes and nashville is going to be playing calgary that is subject to change again minnesota and st louis will be playing each other and edmonton and los angeles will be playing with each other edmonton will be swept you heard it here first I was just going to say, there's going to be a healthy dose of Kopitar on McDavid action, and I cannot wait for it. Puck guy? Uh, Dallas, uh, I hope you enjoyed getting swept by Colorado. Um, you backed into a playoff spot more than than the Sharks backed into a President's Trophy in 2009. Um, you know, you had to rely on the Sharks. You had to rely on Chicago. You had to rely on multiple teams to help you out to get into that playoff spot. And somehow well, you're going to find a way to get to numbers, you know, essentially the quote unquote seven seed or what we call now the, you know, the one seed in the wild card. I, I, I you know, barring Joe Pavelski doing Joe Pavelski miracle things, um, you know, and Jason Robertson being there with Rupe Hint, but that's a one line team. Right. Right. And uh, Dana, I wanted to wanted you to kind of cover the St. Louis and Minnesota series, because I do know that you're going to be watching that one with a very keen eye uh, because uh, someone split allegiances. <laughs> but the Sharks uh, are my main team. I, I don't deny that. Um, <laughs> well, what are you going to do? Your let's go blues in, in hit? A blues jersey. I'm working on it. <laughs> well, you can uh, watch the last show. You'll see me in a blues jersey. <laughs> Dana, what are you what are you excited about this one this matchup though? I mean, first of all, it's like frustrating it has to happen in the first round cuz like those teams are both really good and they should not have to play each other in the first round, but it'll be entertaining. I mean, I honestly I think the Blues are going to win. My non-biased opinion, I as far as 
playoff choices tend to go with the teams with, you know, the toughness, the grit, whatever. It's it's cliche, but it tends to be the case. Um, I, I think it's going to go the distance. I think we're going to see six or seven for sure. Um, uh, but yeah, no, I'm pretty excited to switch to primarily watching um, a team that I expect to win. That'll be refreshing. <laughs> Uh, I didn't even mean for that to come out shady. It's it's just how it is. It's just how it is. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, I'm excited. But um, the hill I'm dying on is that the the Oilers, if not swept, you know, five or six. I they playoff hockey and Oilers. It just does not go together. Um, One one would say it's almost like oil and water. Ah, and you know, someone's gonna figure out Kane, get in his head. Get him to take stupid penalties. He's a liability. This is how it always goes. I will be. I will dye my hair bright green if they make it past the second round. And I think, you know, cover because since nobody else has got that's a, not a promise. <laughs> since nobody's got someone a someone clip that. Someone clip that. <laughs> a horse in this race. I think Calgary and Nashville could go the distance and could go all seven games as well. I think you've got a very interesting forward core from Calgary who's very balanced. And Nashville, of course, with the defense and the goaltending. And uh, it could be one of those stalemate-type series. And and really, it'll be uh, last man standing in in Game 7. But that's why we got to play the games. And uh, we should be getting the playoff schedule coming out sometime Saturday, uh, sometime in the afternoon, we think. So uh, if you guys are not watching, you guys should. Uh, I know I turn off the TV sometimes when the Sharks are not there. But I think this year it, it I should finally gift myself the, the ability to watch a team not lose. Yeah, no, you got to do what I do, which is I watch to see other teams be miserable. Um, (laughs) I don't even necessarily like once we get to the cup final, I have like, okay, you know, I'm I'm, like rooting for this team. But like, mostly I just root for chaos. Like the 2019 playoffs was amazing. Like every everything was so crazy. I, I live for playoffs like that. Um, Dana, you're giving me shades of Eric Cartman, you know, drinking the tears of (laughs) Scott Tennerman. (laughs) gladly um no i I don't know i just it's like you know when when you've been suffering all year it's like again like we never got our hopes up too high there are teams with sky high hopes and at least a few are gonna be like brutally crushed i'm oh my god i'm i'm such a sadist i need to stop (laughs) (laughs) puck guy what's your what's your thoughts and and uh yeah i mean just, just your, your thoughts on this playoff, you know, these playoff matchups and, and what we could see going in. It's going to be fun. I mean, look at look at how many points. I think what is, if I'm not mistaken, everybody in the East has 100 points. And I think outside the wildcard teams and maybe L.A., the West has 100 points. It's going to be very competitive. I think it's going to be fun. It could be. It could be a wild one. I mean, especially out in the East. I mean, you look at what Florida has done. Um, I mean, they looked good. Can Toronto finally get over that first round hump? I mean, uh, last I checked, it's still Tampa. Uh, that should be a quite interesting match. Boston, Pittsburgh, uh, Washington, both, all three teams that have had 
you know, deep runs in the past. Uh, can can they do it again? I mean, it's going to be fun to watch. And, and in a way, it's nice to not be a part of uh, be in the postseason because that way you can enjoy uh, the chaos, as Dana would say. We root for the chaos. We root for the chaos. And uh, in um, in Tankathon watch, the Sharks currently sit at 11th. So uh, let's let's hope for a loss tomorrow, right? Let's hope for a loss against uh, those Seattle Kraken. Really? Anaheim, <laughs> let's get the win. <laughs> oh, our draft lottery odds are so small anyway like you know we we just tank like tankathon is a meme like we're not getting the first or second overall pick we're just not i'm sorry guys puck guy do you want to see the battle of the sea creatures well yeah i mean here in seattle for a reason i mean come on no, i didn't come here to, to watch them just you know uh hang out on the space needle and and go to 15 different Starbucks in, in a quarter mile area. So, you know, I, I would love for the Sharks to uh, to finish up on a high note. I would assume that Kakinen gets the start uh, tomorrow. I would assume they don't have a morning skate since they're coming in from Edmonton tonight. But uh, it, it, but let's let's uh, let's make it happen. Kevin saying uh, the Sharks are one point or one. Ducks regulation will also away from clinching the worst odds for winning first overall. Uh, May 10th is going to be fun, though. Yep, yep, that's for sure. It's going to be fun. Uh, I mean, Puck Guy, what are you doing in Seattle, and, and uh, how's how the site's been? Uh, got here around 3 o'clock today with the girlfriend. Say hi, Amanda. All right, she's, she's already enjoying her... Uh, Nice uh, glass of wine she had. Uh, head up. Uh, we kind of were, were trying to see how close we were to uh, Climate Pledge Arena. We're, we're at a hotel that literally I can see the Space Needle from, from the window over here. And a uh, nice little 10-minute uh, walk from, if that, from the hotel to to the arena so it's gonna be fun there and uh and tomorrow one of our original supporters uh gen x uh you know we're gonna get together and meet up for a little bit so it's gonna be uh nice to see and enjoy a hockey game in a new uh i hate to say barn because we went by it today and it's freaking beautiful yep climate Pridge arena i'm gonna be excited to to get uh, get your take on it firsthand tomorrow uh, that will be sure for sure. Uh, <laughs> Kevin Lacey saying, have some fish for me, Eric, and watch out for counterfeit $5 bills. <laughs> you, you know, no, I, 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 uh, Oh, is it the revenge? Uh, of- oh, at, uh, at seven 11. No, no, at seven 11. And, and it's funny. And I think I still have it here is that, When's the last time you got a five, but then also a $2 bill back? Ah, I have a $2 so, bill right here. And out of nowhere, you know? There you go. See? Are they reprinting Dana? them? They look new. They look fresh. Uh, no, it looks... It looks uh, it, it's, it it's not as fresh as Shark's Late Night Confidential. It's though, ASMR like, for y'all. Yeah. <laughs> and now, uh, for your entertainment and viewing pleasure, $2 bill? 2009. Ah, 2009. Okay. A so. great year for pop culture. Let me say so. <laughs> Seriously. 
Indeed, indeed. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, yeah. My connection. Well, that's hotel internet for you, folks. I was just going to say, is the ghost of Conrad Hilton coming to, uh, you know, kill your internet? Wouldn't surprise me, unfortunately. <laughs> Well, I think that's a good place as any to start wrapping this thing up. Dana, let's get your final thoughts on the evening and where the people can find you. Yeah, I do have a few post-its. Oh, post-it note. (laughs) See, this Uh, is why we have to go into the off-season, Eric. I've taken it down as my my project to get a little segment opening, a video opening of Dana's post-it. And we'll have, you know, a transition of post-it notes fly in. Sounds yes. good. Uh, although, although we ha- although we need to make sure that we're okay if we had some post-it notes on the side, we don't get contacted by Dana's lawyer. Oh. No, they're they're busy suing Ian. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so. Well, take it away, Dana's post-it. Post-it um, note corner. <laughs> this one aged great. Uh, first period. Malosh good? Question mark. <laughs> Um, Gregor hometown goal. That's nice. A little spring in their step after Vegas was eliminated. That's my theory because they were like off the jump in the first period. Again, didn't last. But still high on uh, that Vegas win. (laughs) Yeah. Why are they starting Reimer? Let the man rest. Um, they're seriously like I, you know, and I get it. You know, he maybe he he wants to play. You know, um, but it's like. Is there nothing we can give him? Can just let him go on vacation early? Like, I don't know. Um, But he seems like a team player who, you know, very likely wants to continue doing his part. I'm not in his mind, so I don't know. Um, But feel for him. I mean, obviously, his save percentage at the end of the night doesn't look awesome, but he made some pretty good saves, you know, off of some pretty uh uh some edmonton uh, offensive powerhouses so at you know at the end of the day i thought it was another solid game from him not one of his best but you know he 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 did the job um let's see what else have we got yeah no i made a note about gregor and kane having a little having a little back and forth um yeah, I said I'm surprised this game isn't feistier because it would, you know, there was like a little sc- kind of scrap between. Um, On the Merkley hit, like, right? Uh, I, yeah, no, but hit. other than that, not a ton. Um, so you know, whatever. Um, I guess you know, maybe, maybe they're being more disciplined. Maybe that's you know been a message um, in Edmonton. Maybe um, missed Keith cross check. That was annoying to see. Um, but then there was a penalty called like pretty soon after that. So, eh, not, not a ton of penalties this game. Again, surprising there, you know, there, there was like a few here and there and then the double, uh, double minor towards the end. But, uh, yep. Uh, yeah. And then the one about us, um, and our very on brand, um, allowing people their first goal, uh, all good points. All all great yeah. <laughs> great takeaways from this one. It's important to support the kiddos, right? It is. Yes, it is. All right. Now, now if Bordalo can get the get a, a his first goal tomorrow, that would be great. That that would be great. That would be he icing did, on the cake. He deserves it. Icing on the absolutely on the on the crap cake, the cake of crap. But it's icing. <laughs> 
Uh, okay, Dana. Well, let uh, l- let's start you off with uh, where the people can find you and uh, what your final thoughts are. Yeah. Uh, so you can find me at Dana May, Dana Meyer, whatever how you want to pronounce it, uh, with the two Ys on uh, Twitter and all, also that's my Instagram handle. Um, and then my assistant here. Come on, baby. She's here to promote Margie. her social media as well. Come on, baby. Come on, baby. Good girl. Good girl. You can find her at Margie, M-A-R-G-I-E underscore the queen on Instagram. Ooh. Hashtag Teal Town Pets, people. Hashtag Teal Town Pets. Well, it <laughs> looks like, oh, darn. Uh, Puck Eye, you were stuck in just the best position. It was so memeable. But uh, what's your what's your final thoughts on where people can find you? Hey, you know it's it's uh, thanks for having me on. Uh, sorry, it took me forever to get from the top of the space needle down to the hotel. Uh, but really looking forward to uh, showcasing a lot of stuff on the socials. So be on the lookout on the Twitter and the Instagram for us. Uh, uh, might be posting some stuff after we're finished here. It's gonna be uh, fun to get to uh, experience uh, the Climate Pledge Arena tomorrow. It'll be fun and it'll be great to chat with you guys as we uh, give our season finale of Teal Town After Dark uh, for uh, the 21-22 season. That's it. Oh, yeah, and Puckeye14 on the Twitter and the Instagram as well. <laughs> Back to you, Landy. <laughs> well, just uh, giving everybody a heads up that tomorrow we will be talking with Sharks President Jonathan uh, Becker about the San Jose Mayoral Candidate Forum regarding the downtown West development. So stay tuned for that being posted later on in the evening. And I think Mikey J had it right for as far as uh, my final thoughts go. The kids are all right. and uh, you can use my first name that's e-r-i-k and my last name l-a-n-d-i across all the social media garbage in case you missed us and you want to check us out again check us out across all the podcasting platforms that being the apple podcast the google uh, podcast store google play store the youtube rewind soundcloud spotify tune in and of course iHeartRadio. All that and more at tealtownusa.com. Thank you so much for joining us, everyone, and we will see you tomorrow for the finale.